0: Welcome to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, where America's top cleaning expert shows you the ins and outs of keeping a clean home and a clean business. From expert advice to cutting-edge interviews, Debbie uses her 30 years experience to bring you the insight you need to be cleaning up. And now, here's
1: your host, Debbie Sardone. (laughs) Welcome to episode 14 of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network. I'm your host, Debbie Sardone, and we talk each week about cleaning up in life and business. Our guest in the next segment is Jaylene West, a successful entrepreneur and the owner and publisher of Our Community Magazine in the greater Flower Mound, Highland Village area. But first, let's talk about networking because this is a community activity that can boost your business or waste your time. Now, there is implied reciprocity in every successful network. You won't find rules written down anywhere, but it's there. Make sure you get that. Networking is not a one-way street. It should never be a take, take, take. Thank you very much. It should never be, I'm here so you can help me. Here's what I need. Here's what I want. Here's my 30-second commercial all about what you can do for me. That really is not what successful networking is all about. And all too often, that's what I hear in these community events, these networking events, where each person takes turns standing up, telling everyone in the room what they Can do for them. I think that's backwards. I think we get it backwards. And I think some organizations teach that as an approach or a strategy. But I completely disagree with that. What else in life and in business do you succeed by making it known that you want something and you expect everyone in the room to give it to you? Instead, think about your approach to community, your approach to networking to be more in terms of giving. How can you stand up in that room full of business professionals and find a way to give to them? Solve their problem. Fix their issue. Refer business to them. Think about giving, giving, giving in networking. As businesses, we want to be involved in the community, but it's hard to know how and where so that we don't waste that limited and precious time that we have as entrepreneurs. Balancing networking and community involvement and all those pressing deadlines that we do have, is just difficult and it's so hard to work it all in in a busy day in the busy life of entrepreneurs. But sometimes it's, it's downright impossible. So let's talk about how to do it right so that you don't waste your time. There is a right way to network and to network as community involvement, and there's a wrong way to network. So let's talk about a little bit about how to network more successfully in your business. Do it right, and your time will be well spent. Here's just a few rules of successful networking that I wrote down that I've observed over the years, and I have been networking for many, many years. The first rule of networking or getting involved in that community is It's all about building relationships. And this really brings home the first point I made about not making it a point to stand up and tell the room full of people all the things you want, all the things you need, all the things they can do for them. You don't do that until you have a relationship. So think about networking in terms of an opportunity to build relationships. Oftentimes, people get discouraged at networking events. They'll attend maybe three or four, attend for a few months, and drop out completely. I know for many years, I didn't understand the point of networking. I would join the Chamber of Commerce, spend that $350 a year, and then I would become dissatisfied because it seemed like no one was buying from me. Nobody was signing up for my service. I didn't understand the point of networking. Therefore, I got discouraged With the results, if you get the point of networking, you wouldn't drop out simply because, quote, no one's buying from you. If you understand the point is to build relationships, not to sell, if you build relationships, you can succeed at that. Every single time, if you do it right, networking is about building relationships, spreading your brand, establishing your brand, establishing your expertise, making sure people in your community, particularly business owners, know who you are so they can refer you. And you can't do that by showing up twice a year and telling that room full of business people what they can do for you. That is not how you build relationships. You certainly would never get a date if that's how you tried to date someone is you show up one time and you tell them what they can do for you. You're not going to build relationships. You're certainly not going to get a marriage proposal that way. Secondly, put your best foot forward. And I say always put your best foot forward. I have seen people become so comfortable in networking events. That they eventually stop putting their best foot forward. They show their obnoxious side. They show their arrogant side. Or they come completely unprepared. Put your best foot forward in networking. This is your opportunity to show other business professionals how you stand out. What your brand means. What you are about personally as an individual. And show people that you care about their business, that you're interested in them, that you're not just interested in having a meeting and getting together for coffee or lunch and and networking just so that you can sell them something. That is not putting your best foot forward. And then, of course, number three, a a successful uh, part of networking, one of the rules is to make sure you are giving more than you receive, If you're going to ask for referrals, make sure you're one of those people always referring others that are in your networking group. You can't take, take, and take. If you have a a business that's easy to refer, make sure you work hard at referring other businesses that are in your networking group. If somebody says, do you know a handyman? Think first who's in that networking group that offers handyman services. If someone is looking for a realtor, Hey, do you know a good realtor? Think about the two or three realtors that are the most active in your networking group and refer them. Don't just take. Don't just take referrals. Now, be sure and ask for referrals. And I don't mean stand up when you haven't been there in months and ask for something, but I do mean help people refer you. Make it easy for them to refer you. Make sure they understand your business and what you do. I've seen people literally stand up at networking events Try to explain what they do in 30 seconds, and you're left thinking, I have no idea what this guy does for a living. I have no idea what his business offers, if it's a product or a service. So make sure people understand what you do so that they can refer you, but be sure to ask for those referrals. And then, of course, if you don't want to waste your time, find a robust, active networking group. Sometimes it's your local uh, Rotary Club. Sometimes it's your local Chamber of Commerce. Sometimes it's the local BNI group, but or, or uh, some of those meetup groups that you'll find online. But make sure you find a group that's active and robust. And what I mean by robust, plenty of people there. There's nothing more wasteful of your time than to show up where there's a group of two or three or four people and all they do is socialize. You need to find groups that are active and excited and that people are interested enough in showing up at that group whether it meets weekly or bi-monthly or even once a month. Be active and find an active group. And then number five, show up. This is critical. You cannot join a networking group And be successful at networking if you don't show up. It's not good enough that you can write a check for the membership dues. You've got to be there. I have noticed that networking groups are loyal. They are very loyal. They refer each other. And sometimes it's not just about loyalty. It's just about front of mind awareness. People will forget your name if you haven't been there in six months. People won't remember to refer you if they never see or hear from you. You're never active in the group. You never volunteer. You never donate anything when they ask for donations for their charitable events. You've got to show up. You have to engage. You have to participate. You have to be there physically. And then, lastly, respect everyone. Respect everyone in the group, including your competitors i have seen groups where competitors wouldn't speak to each other somehow they felt threatened by each other's presence somehow one wished the other would just go away and find a different group all of us have competitors every restaurant in town has a competitor every Realtor has a competitor. Every dentist, chiropractor, veterinarian, it doesn't matter who you are or what business you're in, you have competitors. Learn to be respectful and even gracious in each other's space. Here's what I teach my clients I do a lot of business consulting with cleaning business owners all over the world. And sometimes they get in a panic when a new competitor moves into town, especially if that competitor is a franchise or they have a very strong brand. And they panic. And what I like to tell them is your success or your failure is not dependent upon your competitor. It's dependent upon how you behave as a business owner. It's dependent upon the habits that you embrace and the sound business principles you follow or the ridiculous, undisciplined behaviors that you demonstrate in your business. Your success or your failure will have almost nothing to do with your competitor so be respectful of every one of your competitors in your networking group be gracious be the first one to walk across the room extend your hand shake their hand and introduce yourself and break the ice first so i hope those are helpful things to help you not waste your time when you're networking and to get the most value out of community networking if you've enjoyed this episode of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone, be sure and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and then be a friend and write a review. Coming up next, Jalen West of Our Community Magazine will be joining us for our Experts Advice segment. So don't go away. But it must be moving on.
0: More of cleaning up with Debbie Sardone is next on the News Communications Network.
2: Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safer on pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. For America's
0: wounded warriors, coming home can be a battle in itself. The USO provides ways for all of us to support our wounded warriors. Join us. Visit USO.org to learn how you can make a difference in their lives. You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real
1: News Communications Network. Welcome back. We're in the Experts Advice segment and Jay Lynn West of our community magazine has joined us today jaylyn is one of those power networkers you always see her in the community volunteering networking taking pictures making things happen jaylyn it is so good to have you in the studio with us today
3: Thank you, Debbie. It's great to be here, and congratulations, by the way, on Woman of the Year.
1: <laughs> oh, woohoo! I love that. That was such an amazing honor to receive last Friday. I could not believe it. It was
3: well deserved.
1: Well, so thank you very much. I was humbled and just absolutely honored. And that was from the Women's Division of the Louisville Chamber yes. of Commerce. I yes. was just—I have it sitting on my desk. Wonderful. And whenever my kids and family come over, I'm going to put it in the middle of the <laughs> dining room table and instruct them to refer to me from now on is uh, Madam Woman <laughs> of the Year.
3: <laughs> I can visualize it. Uh,
1: so listen, Jaylen yes. I know you are one of those busy ladies and, and definitely a powerful entrepreneur. I'd love to know a little bit about how you started in business. What made you decide to go in mm, business for yourself? Uh, well, I
3: grew up in a family-owned business, and so uh, that's that's really my background. You know, I always worked at the family business. We had an Ozarka Water franchise in Midland, uh, and you know, when you're not at school, you're working. So uh, I taught school for 10 years and realized what I really wanted to do was run my own business. So I started that uh, about 20 years ago with my photography business, and then five years ago, I got this crazy idea that I wanted to publish a magazine because photography just wasn't challenging enough. So, uh, so, um, I love community and I realized that we needed a real true community magazine. Um, and so I did it. I just jumped in there and figured out how to do it. I, I, did not do it by myself. My husband helped me with that. And, um, my dad was also my biggest supporter so, um, I, yeah, I just jumped in there and did it, Debbie. You jumped
1: in with both feet. I love I it. I did. And that's really how most entrepreneurs are. They're a bit really? of bootstrappers, and they okay. just roll up their sleeves and get their fingernails dirty mm-hmm. before they launch into growth. And I could just see you as that kind of person as you've got your your photography business, you're ready for the next challenge, mm-hmm. and what a great fit anyway to... Start a magazine when you're already a photographer. I mean, what a perfect fit. You're not out there hiring photographers all right. the time.
3: Well, I thought so because I. it gives me a creative edge um, and a visual pop with the magazine, which I think sets us apart from many of the other um, community publications. But believe me, I am not the only photographer in the magazine. Uh, there's no way I could do it all by myself. Yeah, and you need help. <laughs> I do. And so um, I allow them the opportunity, and there are contributors, and I love promoting other photographers too. Oh, yeah.
1: fantastic. Absolutely. You know, that's one thing we were talking about in the previous segment is part of successful networking in the community and getting along in the community isn't being intimidated by your competition. Exactly. But embracing them and helping each other. It doesn't mean you give away your trade secrets, but. You don't have to be intimidated by your competition. You can embrace them and be gracious.
3: Well, you should be. And if you can think beyond that and look at the um, spirit of collaboration, it's amazing what you can do together.
1: It really is So I know there have been challenges in business mm-hmm. Because I have several businesses myself And each one of them comes with joys and challenges So what would you say are some of the challenges You faced early on in mm-hmm. business That you wish you had known
3: um, Well, I thought this was going to be very easy And uh, publishing is not very easy It's uh, There's so many layers to it And, and there's there's so much involved Um and I had to learn how to uh, wear many hats that I, I didn't know I would have to wear. And then I had to get the word out, and there were already a lot of publications in our area. Um, and I hadn't really considered it because I see ours as a different niche than any of the others. I wouldn't do something that is already out there. Um, so I had to um, teach people that I can do more than just take pictures yes I can really publish and I had to win them over to become part of this community project because that's how I see our magazine
1: you know that's true sometimes you have to reinvent your brand because people Mm -hmm. will put you in a box assuming well she's a photographer not a writer not an editor not a publisher Mm -hmm. but you have to wear all of those hats I do And you do have a beautiful magazine, by the way. The cover is is always classy, and people in local communities really like opening those magazines and seeing who's who, what's what, what's going on. It's
3: kind of like that. You remember the yearbook that we would get in high school and what a big deal that was. You want to see where you are in there, where your friends are, and what's going on. That's what it's like because this is a quarterly publication, so four times a year our community gets that. And they love it. And they love seeing whether or not they're in the pictures or in the magazine or who has a write-up. Um, and that, that uh, element of fun, I think, is attractive.
1: It is. And Thank advertisers you. like to advertise knowing that people are reading the publication. Mm-hmm. It's not a book of ads. It is no, it's not. local information. It is. And, you know... It's difficult to build a business, whether it's photography or it's, you know, becoming a publisher. What advice can you give a new business owner that's Mm -hmm. just starting out that maybe you wish you had known when you got started?
3: Uh, One, you have to embrace technology. It's here. You can't ignore it and say, I don't want to do that. Um, And until you have the means to pay someone to help you with it, you have to figure it out. The other is to uh to be tenacious um you you know you just get up and and you work at it every day you find a place to plug in where people can help you recharge um i i I guess that's it as much as anything and then when you're completely burned out stop step back and recharge. Think about it another way. Give your give yourself permission to not work for a day.
1: Kind of like a reboot, reboot on a computer when it's mm-hmm. getting sluggish yes. and it's working slow or it's locking up. You got to reboot. Exactly. Yeah. You have to. Or it's you're great not going to make it. It's great advice. Thank you. And I agree on staying cutting edge in technology. It's not a worthy excuse to blame it on well i'm a baby boomer we don't do that right. i mean i've seen you on all kinds of social platforms you stay yes. cutting edge thank you <laughs> and it's important because it is important you're and in you
3: advertising know, i know and it's a lot of
1: fun so what are some of the things that you do to make sure you stand out because mm. i understand there is a sea of places in the community for any business owner exactly. to advertise how do you stand out in this world of coupon books and magazines and mm-hmm. what do you do to help people see you're different and you're not just like every other magazine
3: uh again i, I think that my advantage is that um, i'm a creative so and i don't have a publishing background um, i would say in in this sense it's um, that is to my favor because it's not oh well we always do this because this is the formula I'm creating my own formula. So we found out uh, through trial and error that mailing the magazines out um, did not necessarily mean that people were going to pick up and read them. And I was very disappointed to find out that there was my beautiful magazine being mailed out to everyone and they weren't reading their mail. Well, and I I don't even know why that surprised me because you know what? I don't really read my mail. So, um, So I did some research and found that there are are a lot of other community magazines, not in this area, but uh, where they just set them out in the community. And then in the community hubs, people pick them up and they read them. And it's a whole different attraction. Instead of a have to because it's in my mailbox, it's a, oh, my gosh, let's look at this. Let me read this while I'm sitting and waiting at the doctor's office
1: or That's at the restaurant. That's a point. That's a voluntary strategy yes. versus a forced strategy. They're sitting there waiting on something, maybe an oil change mm-hmm. or or whatever they want something to read
3: yeah it's a different energy
1: that's really unique and then what would you say are some of your favorite ways to get the word out so that people even know mm. that the magazine exists mm-hmm. and so that customers and advertisers know that you're promoting the magazine what what do you, what would you say works you know what i'm addicted to social media that's my thing and
3: it's so much fun and and depending on uh which avenue of social media that you use you reach different markets and uh, it's so easy it's it's inexpensive to free depending on how you do it and you can be as creative as you want with
1: it you know I love social media too yes you do but in business we don't want it to just waste our time although sometimes it's kind of fun to post those grandbaby pictures right But we also take social media seriously. I mean, that is a business strategy.
3: It is. It really is. And so um, if you have a business and you don't have um, a business page on Facebook, you really are missing out. Uh, I believe that, you know, yes, I want to see the grandbabies and all that. And that's cute and adorable. But uh, for business, you, you know, you need to have your business Facebook page at least one of them. Um, and there are just so many other different avenues.
1: Well, before we take the break, yes. I would like to know what is your favorite tool of technology that you are using in your business mm. nearly every day?
3: Well, it, it probably is social media. Oh my gosh, and my phone is so much fun because everywhere I go, I can just I can just tap in post. And, you know, take pictures, um, tag people and just let them know what's going on. I'm surprised to know that people follow my life. That's so weird. I don't know why they would, because to me, I think I'm kind of boring. But uh, that's what I do.
1: That is great. You know, the telephone, the iPhones, the smartphones have really helped marketers market 24-7. You can be marketing at nine o'clock at night when technically you're off of work, but you're engaging with customers. That's right. It is a great tool for business. You've been listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone and Jalen West of Our Community Magazine. Like us on Facebook and tell us what you think about today's show and share this broadcast with a friend. Now don't go away. We'll be right back with Jalen for more on Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. But it must be moving on. More of
0: Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone is like next on the Real Passing News Communications like Network.
2: The Center for Animal Research and Education is a nonprofit providing a permanent home to over 50 abused and abandoned big cats in DFW. Come out for a tour and meet our amazing lions, tigers, and leopards. For more information, go to carerescutexas.com. Everyone hates a dirty house, but who wants to spend Saturdays cleaning? There's the vacuuming, the dusting, the mopping floors, scrubbing the toilets, cleaning the showers, and who even has the time to clean the ceiling fans or wash the baseboards? And if the kids have a game, well, there goes the weekend. That's why I use Buckets and Bows Maid Service. I love my busy life and my clean home.
0: You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications Network.
1: We've been talking with Jalen West from Our Community Magazine today about the busy life of an entrepreneur. Jalen is certainly a power networker and involved in our Southern Denton County community. No matter where you go in town, you'll probably run into Jay Lynn if there is a community event. Welcome back to Segment 3, Jay Lynn. Hi, Debbie. So glad you're here. I've Thank really you. enjoyed conversations, yes. talking about networking and business. So tell me specifically, how does networking help your business?
3: Well, my dad taught me a long time ago that um, building your business is um, about building relationships he taught me how to network. Um, I, I really didn't have a clue coming from the uh, the education environment, but I learned that uh, if you really want to build your business, you have to get to know people, and you have to get to know people who are going to be able to help you. And in in return, you have to be able to help them. In fact, you help them first, and then uh, they get it, and they start helping you. And so you uh, you can bounce ideas off each other. You um, as as you create events you you know you help each other uh, we all have different gifts and talents and so you use that that team of experts uh, to help you um live your dream yeah if that makes exactly sense. exactly okay.
1: well i i so agree with that because it is a, a two-way street networking mm-hmm. is not For an individual to stand up and tell everyone in the room how they can help you. Exactly. It's a two-way street. It is a give and take. And for the most part, it's give, 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 take a little. Give, 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 take a little.
3: But you know, that's how it seems. But then when you look back at it over the lifetime of doing it, because I've done this for so many years now, you realize how much you really did receive. Um, And what it created along the way because you you created a team of people who really believe in you and sometimes they're your backbone when you need it i love it
1: it's that compounding effect mm-hmm. over time if you look at it with a bird's eye view you will see wow i got back so much mo- much more than i thought in the exactly. moment
3: you can't just you can't just look at your numbers everyone thinks that you have to just look at your numbers to be successful but if that's all you look at then to me you haven't truly arrived at success
1: exactly so i i totally agree that networking is such an important part of business and building those relationships helping each other out and of course you will receive so much but i know it's it's challenging to get everything done in a day because you do have two businesses yes you are off to networking events volunteering Mm -hmm. your time what is your strategy for managing your time in a day because there's so many people that want a piece of your time yes yes what they do. do you do
3: <laughs> to yes, they manage do. your time um when i start my day and just jump into it just dive into it and start doing things i end up frazzled and feeling like i haven't accomplished the things that i need to accomplish so um i instead give myself permission to not jump in to have my cup of coffee, to have my meditation time, and from there, plan the strategy for my day. And when I do that, it's amazing how many things that I check off that ongoing list, because I always have a list of things that I need to do and, and Post-its, I have Post-its all over the house. Um, so I can remember to do certain things. So that's uh, that's my strategy.
1: So starting your day calmly, not frazzled, not jumping out of bed, rushing off. But no, I don't. And I don't. um,
3: I don't start by opening up my emails. First thing, I I really do start just with um, that quiet meditation time. And That is what works for me. I
1: don't know what works for everyone else, but that works for me. Well, it seems like a great opportunity to get the focus right and Mm -hmm. the priorities right of the day. Otherwise, you will start your day by reacting to everybody else's urgencies. Uh And you'll find yourself really running your day around what everybody else is demanding of you instead of what you know you need for your business. Exactly. And one thing
3: that I do that's, uh, that's different, it's I, well, I don't know if it's different or not. I work from the house. Um, I, I'll admit and say, I'm ADHD. So when I'm in an office environment, I, I am bombarded with all these other things that, um, and people and, and needs, and I cannot focus. So when I'm in my own environment, I can, I can focus on what I need to do. So that really does work for me.
1: Exactly. So shifting gears a little mm-hmm. bit, as an entrepreneur, we've all been through some economic challenges. Yes. We've seen the recession. We've seen other yes, business owners have. struggle. And I know in your industry, when you're selling advertising, a lot of business owners will see advertising as discretionary spending as opposed to maybe the the electricity or the phones or right. the rent. Well, that's right. they, they don't have a choice. they got to pay that or mm-hmm. they're going to be you know evicted but oftentimes business owners probably give you the excuse because of the economic challenges oh I can't afford to be in your magazine maybe someday how do you overcome that
3: Uh, well the first thing is uh, my philosophy is different about advertising in that I believe in affordable advertising I um, I spent a lot of money I'm gonna say invested a lot of money because I don't think that uh, I think all advertising works some works better than others. But um, the way that I've structured our pricing, it works for almost any budget. And if they can't do print advertising, then there's always the social media and the newsletters and the, uh, and the online advertising. So I, I try and help them understand that it's very hard to just build your business by word of mouth. It's going to take a very, very long time no matter how good you are so you have to invest other people that don't know about you have to find out so you know
1: um, I really like that, really that approach. I, I like okay, that mindset you. that you have intentionally created affordable advertising I have. because you really take away that obstacle that people have that mm-hmm. they think, "Oh, I can't afford print advertising." And I'm a believer in print advertising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people will say, "Print ads are dead. Print ads are dead." But it's they're it's not true. It, not. It's not. Yeah. Mm-mm. Not everyone is on social media, contrary to what we believe. And you need that constant reinforcement. You they do. may see you on social media. Then they see you in a print magazine. Then they hear about you in the news or, or on the radio. Mm-hmm. Or they see a story about you in the newspaper. It all just reinforces your business presence.
3: It does. And uh, the strength of print that will never go away is that it's here. It's. I'm holding it. I'm holding this magazine right now. It's here. There's. There's an article in here. There's a recipe in here. Whatever, and I'm going to hold on to it if it's. If it's a a beautiful magazine, beautiful cover, you're going to hold on to them. it a
1: little bit longer. Yeah, they'll set it on their coffee they table. They will. They'll get to it later. They'll read it eventually. Mm-hmm. Whereas emails is so, such a chance opportunity to advertise. If I'm busy, I'm hitting delete. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah we don't have time to to
3: look at all of that and and the same thing with social media too I mean you know you have to have time for it but it's like you know it's there and then you've moved on to the next thing whereas this you hold on to it
1: and I know for myself nowadays um, you know people say paper is dead paper is dying but I don't believe it I do believe people still like to hold mm-hmm. things in their hands they like to see them I know for myself I have not succumb to the temptation of getting all my books that i read all on kindle or all my ebooks i mean i have some of them for when i'm traveling Mm -hmm. but for the most part i want to hold a paper copy of a book so i can mark it up and highlight you know what i do too it's part of the process i I don't know if
3: it'll be like that for the next generation probably not but but for me part of the process of reading is i still like to touch it yeah I don't know. And I like the texture matter. So that's why the uh, the paper stock on our magazine, it has to be really nice. Right. It feels elegant.
1: It's not cheap. It's not cheap paper. It's very elegant. And it really suits the community that it serves. Yes. Thank so you. So speaking of paper and speaking, speaking of, of books, because yes. I am sure that part of your business uh, training and, and learning has come from some books yes can you share with us maybe one of your favorite business books um I I would rather just share the author because I um I
3: love all of his books that I've read and it's John Maxwell um yes when um, I have needed when I was in the transition between the photography and the magazine and I knew I needed to do something else to step up the game um I I turned to John Maxwell I, I found I found one of his books in the car wash at the car wash and i like oh my gosh I've got to read this so I bought it and then after that bought so many of his other books and it really helped me um with a Christian perspective of of running a business and being a leader and I would say that his books have been invaluable for me
1: Fabulous. He is a great author, and he has helped so many people in leadership and in business. I do love John Maxwell. Well, thanks for sharing that Mm -hmm. information about your favorite books. Before we run out of time, I do have to ask you, who would you say has been the single most influential person in your business success?
3: Um, Probably the first would be my dad. I, you know, he's an entrepreneur, and um, I'm just a chip off the old block. So it was very easy to uh, to learn from him. I was such a sponge, and he, he taught me so much about how to build the business. But I would also have to say that my husband, um, he helped me put things in place. So, for example, no matter what it is I decided to do, when I decided to teach, well, okay, you know, Finish school so you can do this. When I decided to become a photographer, he built me a studio. When, uh, when I decided to publish, um, he said, well, let's figure out how to do that. So he has always been my biggest cheerleader.
1: You know, I love that. You've got some strong men in your life. I do. And God great bless role <laughs> models. Isn't that wonderful? It is. and it It's is. really great to have somebody cheering you on the sidelines, God. giving you I, some advice. I don't know advice. how I would
3: do it if I, if I didn't have the cheering.
1: I feel the same way. My father-in-law yes. was an incredible mentor to me personally. Okay. He was a great salesman. Uh, since passed away many years ago and then my husband even though he wasn't directly involved in a couple of my businesses now he has a business that we share and that he runs but he's always been a great source of encouragement and and really good strong wisdom that I needed always at the right moment you need
3: that you you need to hear it from from another perspective so and I know your husband is your biggest cheerleader too
1: yes he is he's a great guy You've been listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone and our guest, J. West of Our Community Magazine on the Real News Communications Network. To learn more about J. and Our Community Magazine, just visit us on Facebook at Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. Now, don't touch that mouse. We'll be right back after the break.
0: Like a kid. More of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone is next on the Real News Communications Network.
2: Be part of the movement that is standing up to cancer and get the new Stand Up to Cancer app for iPhone. Visit the App Store or download by texting STAND to 31826 and tell the world who you stand up for. Message and data rates may apply. Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safer on pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week.
0: You're listening to Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone on the Real News Communications
1: Network. Welcome back to the final segment of today's show, which is our quality of life segment. We've been talking about networking and community involvement and how all that works into business and life. Now, that's all fine and good, and we need to network successfully or we'll end up wasting a lot of time, and that's very easy to do. But let's shift gears for just a moment and talk about when to say no. And in particular, how to say no. Because when it comes to networking, community involvement, volunteering your time, it's really hard to say no. It's very hard to say no when others have a need, and especially if it is a charitable organization that needs your help. And sometimes we have to. And it's difficult. There are right ways and wrong ways to say no and there are ways to say no effectively or if your no is too weak you're going to end up volunteering for something you don't have time to do so one of the most difficult words for people to say is just this two-letter word just n-o why is it so difficult? Why is it that as entrepreneurs, we really want to say yes to everything? And I think really the reason is because we want to. We really like networking. We like volunteering. We like being involved in community. We like sales. We like people. Entrepreneurs tend to say yes more often than they should. And, and we just have a hard time with that little two letters. It seems so small. It seems so insignificant, but it gets us in trouble. This word can cause people to feel guilty and wince just to say it. And sometimes people avoid saying no and say yes more often than they should because they cannot bear to utter it. You know the people pleasers. I know I am a people pleaser. I want people to be happy with me. I want people to like me. And so I want to say yes. There's no reason to feel guilty for saying no. If you have a reason. And guess what? There's always a reason to say no. So there really is no reason to say no. If you know you cannot keep a commitment. If you know you should say no. You do not have to share that reason when you do say no. And that's a very important principle. Sometimes people feel compelled to explain why they're saying no. You don't actually have to. Sometimes it is most appropriate to just gracefully say, I am so sorry, I wish I could, but I just can't, and then leave it at that. Most entrepreneurs don't know how to leave it at that. They feel compelled to go on and explain and go into lengthy reasons. You don't always have to give a reason. Now, Sometimes it is appropriate, and sometimes you just feel compelled because of the nature of the request or the individual making the request. And that's fine, but remember, you don't always have to say no. You don't always have to back up your reason for saying no. Now, first of all, you have to learn how to say no like a pro. Just like anything else in business and in life, you need a little practice. You have to get good at it. Just like saying no sometimes without giving a reason, without backing up your no with a a lengthy excuse Just like that even takes some self-discipline and a little bit of practice, you've got to learn to say no just like a pro. First of all, the first principle to saying no like a pro is to say it like you mean it. You have to say it like you mean it. That doesn't mean you're harsh. That doesn't mean you're abrupt, but you can't leave any wiggle room or you'll end up caving in and talking yourself into saying yes after you've said no. So you really do have to say it like you mean it and be firm and intentional. And that is not the same as being abrupt or rude. And then just state the facts. If you do need to lend some reason behind your no, then keep to the facts, keep it short, to the point and remain matter of fact. I am so sorry, I wish I could be there for that meeting. It's just not possible. And if you do need to share a reason, keep it to the facts so that there's no wiggle room, so that someone else doesn't feel compelled to help you figure out a way to say yes. And oftentimes people think that's their place. The more excuses you offer, the more people will feel like they need to lend you uh, assistance in saying yes. You need to be able to say it like you mean it, Stick to the facts, be firm, and don't make excuses. That's number three. Don't make excuses for why you need to say no. We all have reasons for why we have to say no. Whether it's volunteering, whether it's another meeting, whether it's an opportunity that's going to create a long-term commitment for you. We all have our reasons. Everyone has to say no at times. Don't make excuses for it. When you make excuses for saying no, you imply some level of guilt. You're never guilty when you give a no answer for a good reason. And we all have our own good reasons, and our reasons are not accountable to the other person. Our reasons are accountable to ourselves. When I have to say no, it's because I'm accountable to myself to keep my other commitments, to be able to produce at a high level and not spread myself so thin that everybody else gets cheated in the process. I mean, there are dozens of reasons why we need to say no. We don't owe excuses. And then if you have to, repeat your no. Sometimes when you're saying no, people unintentionally will feel like they need to help you out and well what about this and what if we move this around on your schedule and what if we move the date and then you can participate or then you can do that sometimes you just have to repeat your no you may have to rephrase it gee i really wish i could help you out there's just no way i can do that i'm so sorry uh, if anything changes i'll let you know in the future but That is not possible. I just can't do it. Sometimes you just have to repeat your no so that you stand your ground and you don't get talked into accepting a commitment that you absolutely cannot and should not try to keep. And then resist the urge to imply that there may be a way. If you have said no, you've already made up your mind. I can't do this. I can't commit to this. I cannot uh, deliver this in the way it's needed, or in the the request that's being made. Once you've made that mental decision, resist that urge to imply that there is a way. I have oftentimes talked with entrepreneurs that I've made a request of, and I truly wanted just a yes or no. I wasn't looking for them to say yes and then not be able to f- deliver or fulfill. I really and truly, and with all sincerity, wanted. A yes, I definitely can or no, I definitely can't so that I could move on and make that request of someone else who's available. Resist that urge to imply that maybe there's a way for you to work it out because what happens is later you'll, have to, you'll, you'll spend a lot of time and energy trying to figure out how to get out of the commitment you just made. If your first instinct is to say no, it was probably right especially if you're a yes person, especially if you're a people pleaser. If that first instinct is no way, no way, then find the words to be matter of fact, say it like you mean it, state the facts, and then resist that urge to go back. Learning to say no actually reflects on your own sincerity and your own competency as a business owner. People will respect you more as a leader when you when they see that you are able to say no when it's appropriate they won't think less of you obviously unless you say it in a rude way or you're abrupt they won't say they won't think less of you because you're telling them no they'll actually respect you more for being able to establish your own boundaries when you say yes to things that you should have declined you will create the impression that you are either insincere or incompetent, because what happens later? You miss the deadline, you deliver the product or the service or the commitment in a a very shallow way, or, or you underperform because you should have said no in the first place. So what happens? You create this impression that you never meant it in the first place, or, wow, she doesn't keep her commitments. I mean, I've been guilty of this, of saying yes to something, knowing in the back of my head, That is going to be next to impossible to work that into my schedule only because I couldn't say no in the moment. And then later, what have I had to do? I've had to make that phone call or send that email that says, I am so sorry. I am just not going to be able to do this. What does that do? That actually brings down the respect level and the esteem that that person has of you. Because again, you come across as insincere, or incompetent incompetent not meaning you're a dummy but meaning wow they can't seem to juggle their schedule the one thing learning how to say no does is it helps you establish that that level of respect amongst your peers that insists on having appointments that you can keep making commitments that you can keep it It actually makes you stand out in your field or in your career. Only take on those projects that you know confidently that you can accept and you can complete because it will be a reflection on you and your authenticity. Learning to say no is both a soft and a hard skill that is very, very important to learn. We all have to learn it, and I truly think that we have to relearn it practically every day. I don't think this is a skill you master permanently because sometimes you get caught off guard. You get caught up in the moment. You're being offered an opportunity that's very exciting. You really want to do it and you forget to stop and think, now, wait a minute. Is this a commitment I can accept? Is this a commitment I should accept? And so I think it's a matter of uh, it's a discipline and a learning process that is continual. It never really goes away. You have to work at it, especially as a business owner, as a busy entrepreneur. You have to constantly work at the art of saying no and being a pro at saying no. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone. I'm your host each week as we talk about cleaning up in business and in life. If you'd like to be a guest on our show or if you'd like to suggest an expert guest, a savvy entrepreneur, or a person making a difference, tell us about it on our Facebook page. We'll see you next time right here on the Real News Communications Network, Cleaning Up with Debbie Sardone.
0: For more information on cleaning up, visit us on Facebook and Twitter or at debbysardone.com.